stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking panics. And we are back, guys. Two off weekends. We're coming from all over the country here. Actually, I didn't go anywhere, but Chuck's all tanned up from a wedding he went to. Uh, Ryan smells a little bit because he just got back from New Jersey. So we're going to all collect the thoughts here, and we're going into Watkins Glen this week for a little bit more racing. How are you doing? I just drove straight back. Just <laughs> you right literally now. drove here. You stink. You're... <laughs> Your wife and two kids are in the car in the parking lot. No, deck. I dropped them off. They, oh. We, I'm, I'm adequate time. I dropped God, them off. We're that's good. devotion. I unloaded the car. Yeah, I didn't take a full shower. Just a little bit, like a little. Uh, just knock sink, the, sink, rinse off, and knock the crust am. off. Look like, look like a million bucks. Don't get within three feet though. So how long of a drive was that? Uh, it was just nine hours. Oof. Yeah, yeah, two kids. They they did good though. Both ways. It's crew's first trip, so. Yeah. Our trips, kids, are tough. New Jersey's fun. New, Jer- New Jersey, nice nice area this time of year. Yeah? That's great. It did look fairly nice off the Instagram stories, I will say. Eight weeks out of the year, it's the best place to be. And then... Uh, what about the other... It probably just... 40 some odd. 44? <laughs> I was told there would be no math. Four. <laughs> 42. Find somewhere else to go 44. for the other... The other 44. Yeah. Did uh, you, you do any laundry? Do any uh, gym stuff and tanning? I did some gym stuff. I actually worked out of gym... A buddy of ours, Nick Catone, owns. He's a MMA gym, so I'm like working out, and it's like Frankie Edgar's in there. Really? It's a and then Corey Anderson in there. So like t- ranked guys in the UFC. I'm like, huh? Did you roll around with him? No. Oh. I was on a treadmill. Like, oh, I wouldn't want to get locked in a cage and fight to the death with that guy. You guys look like you're having fun. I'm just gonna keep running here. Yeah. I'm my elliptical. I didn't. Even, I didn't make eye contact. <laughs> I was just minding my own business. Chuck, how was your off week? It was good. Went down to Lake Watery in South Carolina, hung out, uh, did a little uh, watching people fish and uh, hanging out in the lake in the pontoon boat, which I've decided like that. I want to get one of those. Yeah. That's, With the slide and everything? The no, no, no. I just I just oh. want like one that floats. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like It's got an engine that'll go and uh, doesn't have too many hours on it and just going to go hang out and float and uh, then jump in when you get hot and then... Uh, now... If you don't wear a captain's attire every time you get on that oh, boat, yeah. like I'd, full, yes. like full on, like, like Captain yeah. Obvious, like in the commercials, no. book, was it Booking dot com? See, I was thinking more like the seventies, like Captain, like maybe just like a double breasted blazer, but no shirt, <laughs> we, and then the captain's hat. Yeah, we went on a and pirate then short shorts. We went on a pirate ship. Yeah, that makes me think of that. Yeah, <laughs> and they, you would be good at that. Because, like, the captain of it, they were, it was pretty good. It was, did like, he, more of an acting deal. Did he do, like, the, yar, welcome to oh, me oh. pirate ship? They weren't, they, they weren't dressed up. That was the only bummer. Shiver me timbers. Yeah. That no, he be, didn't sell it that good. We should do it in Lake Norman, and you can yeah. be the captain. <laughs> well, I've often thought it would be fun to roam around on Lake Norman as a pirate it and would. just, like, take over. Uh, fun fact. The- yeah. Corey almost bought a pirate ship I a couple times. I was damn close. Why didn't you? Now was it was it like one of the motorized pirate ships, yeah. or was it like a? It had like a a, a small little, uh, you know, fifteen horsepower or something okay. on the back. <laughs> a little trolling was, motor. Yeah, I think it only could carry like three people, but it had like the <laughs> sails and the nets and the whole. It was legit. Okay. Yeah, we were gonna roam around and and like pillage people's coolers and stuff and hop back in and take off. Yeah. But, Get a little like Nerf you know, cannon. It's safe to say. I was save. thinking about that yeah. the other day. Good if, thing we didn't. We if probably you weren't on a 
K&N salary then and you were had a cup salary, you'd have a pirate ship right now that you couldn't get rid of, that you didn't know where to store. <laughs> yeah. So you No, out. I'd be giving tours and I, I'd, and I'd hire Chuck. I feel like a pirate ship would just pay for itself. No question. If you do it right. If you do, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an investment in a fun future. <laughs> they, they've got me because I had to go there. You just don't go on the pirate ship. You get the little eye patch and then you got to buy a sword. And you got to buy one of those binoculars. It's, yep. they, it worked out. Good for them. That's how they get you. Never which way but up. Mm-hmm. I just stayed here, you know. we uh, When you travel every weekend, you kind of want to stay home. Hung Beaver, out mom Beaver got married. Beaver got married again, my brother. Uh, well, he got married last right. year as, you know, had a COVID wedding. Small, like 35, 40 people. They had the redo last weekend. That was a good time. Uh, weddings are always a good time. We get Round up the family and friends and, you know. Punish the liver for a little, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you just cannot bounce back like you used to. Know. I did two, pretty much, well, two and a half days of just drink, punishment. Drink, go to bed, wake up. Drink, go to bed, wake up. And that was in. Yeah. You just can't yeah. bounce back like you used to. Could. Yesterday was a little, a uh, little rough getting back up. Um, we don't have too much racing to talk about. Even besides, you know, Kyle Larson wins another. Race, I just don't think well, you and I talk about it all the time. We haven't really talked about it on here how impressive there has been nobody in their prime. Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Tony Stewart, which is what everybody wants to compare him to. Nobody was doing what Kyle Larson was doing. This is like stuff like Mario Andretti stuff. Yeah, that, you know, you, for go, sure. you go back to AJ Foy. You know, stuff that probably skipped a couple generations, but you just don't understand how how hard it is to go, like, win that race Yeah, at, the, at Fairbury. You don't understand how hard it is to go. They, he went to, won the King's Royal, then flew, run the Cup race in New Hampshire, then went and sat on a boat in, a, in, yeah, in the, the Bahamas for a week and then came back and won 50 grand in a late model race. Yeah, one, one of the biggest dirt late model races in, in the country, 50 grand. Um, and it's not like those guys are – like, those guys are professional dirt racers. You know, like, it is – Uber impressive what Kyle Larson's doing. I love the people that are like, well, look at the cars. He's in, look at the car. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait a minute. Everybody in that field is in a good car. Everybody's got the and he's latest and greatest. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't, uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. Kyle Larson is on another level, Chuck. Now, is he the type of guy that, because that's always been the argument for any of the racing dis- disciplines, right? Put him in anything and he'll go win. Hmm. One of the big crossovers, and this is that big hypothetical thing because there's no way that it would ever happen. But if Kyle Larson in his prime went to, say, like next year, he's like, you know what, I'm going to Formula One. Would he be competitive and would he win there? Ooh. That's a that's a whole – I mean, I'm not putting anything by him because the guy is a race car driving fool. But just, I mean, look at Jimmy Johnson. Granted, back end of his career – not a whole lot probably of motivation per se, but big learning curve. It's a big learning curve, especially, you know, just the open wheel and how much braking just grip you can get out of those things. Now, you give Kyle Larson all the sim time and money and the car and he would he would figure it out. I think he'd go to IndyCar and be competitive. For sure. I mean, he's just he's so in tune right now with the with the grip that car's giving him, no matter what it is, sprint car, dirt late model, cup car obviously. Uh, he's he's on another level right now. It's hard. I mean, definitely the championship favorite on the cup side for sure right now. You think so? You think he he is the guy to beat? Well, 
Is it slightly concerning? We talked about it. I don't like talking about or bringing up like a team peaking too early, quote unquote, because the parts have been locked in since last March. But, um, you know, they may or may not have lost a little bit with some body modifications and this, that, and the other. But Hendrick has not been quite as dominant the last three, four weeks as we were accustomed to seeing them be a month prior. So would you say that that's peaking too early or would you say that that's a return to form and they're just finding a – they've already got their playoffs locked in, so they're working on stuff and seeing what they can and can't do and then hit that home stretch? Uh, yeah, so they weren't terrible in, in New Hampshire, but you got to look at that. The championship runs through what the New Hampshire package was. Yeah. Right? That's what you have to race to win a championship. And then there's a lot of those 750 short track races, Richmond, uh, Darlington's one. Um, yep. The, in the playoffs that Mar- we had, well, D- Dover. No, Martinsville. Yep. No, Dover's not in there. Dover's not there. They're 550. No, we don't go to Dover. Did we not go to Dover in the playoffs? I think we've already been there. It's over. Already, they just gave up their once. second race to Nashville. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, where you been? Where the hell yeah. am I? <laughs> Still in New I just, Jersey. I just look at there's backwards pit stops the next two weeks. New Jersey's the land that time forgot, so you just got kind of stuck back in uh, 2020. I was yeah, working yeah, on yeah. factory stocks this weekend <laughs> at Wall Stadium. I forgot the package. But yes, to your point, the championship race is a 750 low downforce package, and I, I don't think that there is a thing to peaking too early. I do think there is a thing with showing your cards or showing your hand too early in terms of what you're trying to get through and what you push the boundaries of in tech. Because you can start working on an area of the nose or a wheel band or something that's an aero advantage, and then NASCAR get onto it and then start hammering on it the rest of the year, where if you'd have kept that in your toolbox, they might not have been able to police it quite as uh, educated as they were had they seen it in November versus July. When you go on a tear like Hendrick went on there, you know, the front side of the summer, they're not, they're not going to let it go on for too long. So I, I was impressed to see, a, you know, how much speed was in that 10 car. Granted the Gibbs cars were going to be good. How good the 20 car was, you know, the two guys that the 18 and the 19 wrecked. They, yeah. But and Logano was bad fast was too, coming from two down for, you don't come back from two down and drive through the field like no. that very often if you don't no. have a good car, but Fords have some speed. Well, you're not going to keep Doug Yates down. I mean, if if I mean the Fords you've been hearing, they say that they think they're down on motor. You, you let Doug Yates, you light a fire underneath Doug Yates, he's going to go build you some horsepower for sure. So it's going to be tight with these last ten weeks. It's not going to be like Hendrick, all four cars running off and leaving the field as we're going to see. Like we might have thought here, you know, end of April how it was looking. So yeah. interested to see how it's going to pan out, speak especially about, this weekend. Speak about lighting a fire. The fire starter, Eric Rudolph. Let's talk about that. How does Post Malone end up with an Eric Rudolph? That was the, you know, what do you, you look perplexed, Joe. Sorry, when I hear Eric Rudolph and I hear fire starter, I do not. (laughs) You think (laughs) that's his, hey, his nickname is, it's a different deal. His nickname is the fire starter because he's like a guy that lives in the woods in New York. Yeah, well, that Eric Rudolph lived in the woods in Western North Carolina. I totally forgot. What happened? The Olympic bomber in 96, his name was Eric Rudolph. And when I was at Western Carolina University, he was hiding out in the woods in Western North Carolina. Massive FBI hunt. There's a show, uh, I think Manhunt, I think it is, that's on him. There have been a couple of shows Hmm. on him and the FBI profilers that Hmm. uh, 
help to bring him down. Yeah, this one just a dirt, just a big yeah. block, a modified racer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate nickname and unfortunate. Yeah, that's a yeah. So in Lollapalooza, which I don't know anything about, apparently it's a big music f- festival. Chuck. Oh yeah, it's been around for a while. I'm sure Janie knows all about it. She's up on the latest culture. Uh, I'm interested to hear what her rat situation was in her living quarters this week. We'll bring her on here in a second. But uh, Post Malone, arguably one of the biggest celebrities in the world, was wearing a big block modified shirt on stage. Now, you compete against Eric Rudolph, Ryan, on your indoor TQ midgets. Yeah. What would you do if you saw Post Malone wearing a Ryan Flores TQ midget shirt? Get a lot more shirts printed. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't. I I think he's from originally from the Syracuse area. I don't know. He, it might just be a shirt that he found at a thrift the, shop. Maybe. But it's pretty cool that it ended up on there. I mean, that is cool. I don't know what I'd do if I saw him wear my shirt. Besides, definitely get more shirts. Pretty. <laughs> yeah. Who would you want to see wearing your shirt? Like who? Who would Ooh. you want to see in a Corey LaJoy shirt? Yeah. Probably Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. A lot of eyeballs on Kanye. You know. Yeah. You know, you might not agree with whatever, but he's guy's a big star. Or maybe Britney right now. <laughs> Britney Spears wearing a Corey LaJoy shirt. You could wear a free Britney shirt. She'll wear a Corey LaJoy shirt. Even Trey. Yeah, yeah. Even Trey. Yeah. You never know. Whatever it is, whatever the deal is to sell merch. I, you might you might be mistaken and think Post Malone is a uh, you know regular old race fan now. He's making music videos at California Speedway. Now he's wearing big block modify shirts. What's next? What, what do you need in your in your uh, dressing room? Well, I need uh, M&Ms and Flow Racing and Dirt Vision. That's what he goes and watches you big block. You definitely know in the powder room he's watching some you big block modifiers. You also got to have track pass so you can get yeah. all that uh, yeah. NASCAR uh, short track local uh, weekly series racing. Great plug. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Bring Janie in here. Oh, you want to hear about this? Yeah. Hey, Janie. Hello. First time on the show. For first long time listener. Yeah, first, first time, time caller. I know. I, I'm glad to be here. You sound nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> we, we just want to hear about your infested apartment yeah. building. And then you can, then you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where do I even start? I mean, it's been months. It, they started as mice. Let okay. me just start from the beginning. They started sure. as mice in one of the units coming in and out, trapping them. And did you give them a name? No, you don't really Walter, want to do that. Terry, <laughs> Joan. When you start forming relationships like that, you're you're far too gone. It's a free pet. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just no. leave some cheese out. They're fine. Um, but yeah, they started as mice, trapping them, and then the mice started to go away. And then you know we start seeing very large, furry like rats running around. You know. So so your rugs. What? Wait, they were like inside. It wasn't in, like in the walls. Yeah, there's video. Oh, oh, oh! oh you're hearing them in the walls too, by the way. Oh. Like late at night. Yeah. So like you could be laying there and oh, Fido just came up. On, nope, that's not Fido. That's a rat. <laughs> yep. Well, and you know, I have a cat, so I was terrified to see my cat. You know, giving you a present of a dead rat. Yes. yes. Okay. Did that happen? It did not happen, no. Okay. Because that's why you have a cat, to I, keep the rodent population down. No, I wanted to leave before it got to that place. Okay. Fair enough. So you're out of there now. I am out of there. So to get away from the rat infestation on your off weekend, you went to New York City. I did do that. I went to the city where they are most populated. Yes. <laughs> so they, they've got like rats that like run the subway down there. They do. She like, needs, like Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was going to say. She needs some turtles. <laughs> they you eat pizza. What? Splinter. They Master just eat splinter. the rat. 
I saw a whole family. There were like five of them in Central Park just chilling in the grass. Rats? And yes, rats. Having a picnic? Yes. What do they eat cheese? They were pizza, you know, all the things. <laughs> That's what you did, did you ever see the Jeez. pizza rat video? No. Of the rat taking the slice of pizza down into the subway? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That, just like, left Janie's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> they got a snack. He followed me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're out of that yeah. rat lair. Yeah, me Jeez. too. Next me thing too. you know, there'll be turtles running around and she'll be fighting crime and we'll call her April. April, <laughs> get, and, yeah, April O'Neil. I don't get that joke. Uh, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, she I just know Donatello. I only know surface level. Raphael. <laughs> Leonardo. Leonardo. And Donatello. And there was four of them? There were four. Yeah. yeah. They were named after the classic. Leon- uh, Raphael, Italian Leonardo, Paris. Donatello. Michelangelo. Yeah, Michael we're getting Angela. off the rails, bad. <laughs> dude. Real bad. Where, where, where I mean, are it's we? Ninja Turtles. You painted a turtle on the uh, Roval yeah. at Charlotte. It still lives on. It travels. It does travel. I really? saw it in at Coda. It was at Coda, but they didn't put it up because they yeah. didn't use the short, or the, they didn't use the big blue turtles. They used some different ones. Yeah, yeah. It's still living. I think it's in the gift shop. If you want to go see it, by the way, <laughs> buy a, buy a Corey LaJoy shirt and see the turtle. <laughs> Take a picture with the yeah. turtle. A selfie. Um, great story, uh, Janie. Glad you're okay. Um, you know, rats spread the plague. Yeah, they get a bad rap. One of one of the girls at the house got ringworm from the rats because. Okay, we're done. We're good. (laughs) We're good. What in the world? I'm good. I mean, that's close to the plague, right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I've got I got that from high school wrestling in New Jersey. But I wouldn't expect that's to get the dirtiest of the dirty. Yeah, I mean that's they actually it. wrestle in the sewer. <laughs> you'd actually, you'd actually rather have rats in your apartment. <laughs> he is. That is actually the 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 plot of Ninja Turtles. Is they wrestled in the in the sewer. They got ringworm, <laughs> and then they became Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> that makes total sense. We need we need a remake. Basically, yeah. my life. Jesus, we got to go to break. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we got a race coming up this weekend. Do we? So we could do something racing related. You know, we go to break and then we could toss to another segment that we have on the show that we didn't have last week because, you know, last week was a special episode. Yeah. They called our friend out. So maybe we could get some actual. Ooh. Analysis. Yeah, we had a little bit in our show beef. Let's get yeah. to that here after the break. Pit Road Boats and Woes. All right, guys, we're back. Pre-Watkins Glen, Pit Road, Boats and Woes. My buddy Ryan Flores, front changer for Brad Keselowski. We've got backward pit stops this weekend. What are we doing? Backwards. Backwards. Yeah, it's a tough place to pit. This is probably our toughest backwards. But, well, Indy is now, too. We did the I feel like Road America week. had some tight boxes. Yeah, but they're not downhill. Watkins Glen is downhill. Oh, yeah. There's a there's – a, there's a lot going on at Watkins Glen. Now, you got to be super technical this week because Daryl Mott last week on the show talked about how you just can't talk about how the boxes are narrow and this and that. He wants some specific degree of angle of decline of that front straightaway pit road. I, yeah, I, I should probably get some Just make it info. up. I did get – I got um, – so I walked in the Wall Stadium this weekend, my home track. Mm-hmm. The first person I saw um, – I, I grew up there one – Races there. Everybody I know is there. I saw a guy that I didn't know, and he asked me, "Hey, are you on stacking pennies?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah. How the hell would you know that?" But it was uh, it was funny. But and then the second week I was there, 
a uh, kid came up to me and said, man, what was Daryl Matt saying about you on the podcast this Darryl week? Daryl Mott. Mott. That's what I said. It just came out. It's been in Jersey <laughs> for Very Jersey. Yeah. And I said, oh, what do you say? And he said, I don't know, something that you're not very technical. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> like, but I will get I will get better data for him. But okay. as far as this week goes. I don't think to worry about catering to him. If, if you are if you are past the start-finish line on pit road, especially the further you get down toward pit stall one, the tires, the, the, the more that pit stall, the more your pit stall is on a, on a decline and the more your tires are going to want to get away. I've had that happen there. Um, and for me, like the kiss of death is that right front tire roll here. It's a little bit different because left front, it's the left front here, yeah. but with the way that it works now, when I pull that tire, you have to do. So when we started doing backwards stops with the five man stop that we have now, um, everybody started doing the right sides first, then going to the left. Mm -hmm. So you'd start, you know, like a normal pit stop one. Then NASCAR came out with a rule where you have to start on the outside first. So you have to do the left sides first, and then it makes it easier to control the tires. But if you're in pit stall one and you pull your right front off and that thing takes a turn, it's going on the racetrack. Yeah. Because there are no other cars in front of you to stop it. You've got you've got nowhere to go. So it's it's pretty challenging place um, where, when that comes – how hot do the wheels get there? They get pretty warm, but they've been pretty good lately. Like, um, I'll tell you what, since we went to 550 package and even with the 750 with high down, it's not like it was. Like, you used to melt your fingers off, especially Pocono and Indy. Mm -hmm. Pocono and Indy were, like, the worst. These haven't been too bad. The, the problem here is the, the brake dust. At Road America, you couldn't see a damn thing. You just going on muscle memory. You just nuts. find your first one, and you when you hit it, it's dust, and you're just Guessing going off it. muscle memory and, and feeling. Because you'll hit five, and you'll see people like go to reach the pole, and they'll pull, and they won't know that one's still on there. So you have to go off the feel. It's like I'll paint my lug nuts all week at practice, so you can't see them when they come in. I'll wear a dark shield just try to go off off of memory. But um, but yeah, that's it, the stuff that's cool to one, me. One one thing that we didn't see. And I guaranteed you see it at Road America, and I don't think we did, is a gas can getting away. And that's bound to happen um, this week or next because it's just the mechanics of it, where the gas man stand and, the, and how that thing gets stuck in there. It's, there's one going for a ride sooner or later. For sure. And I could argue that Indy's the sketchiest pit road. I and mean, we see an incident or a crash there every year at the Oval. Now we're going there opposite direction. We did it last year with the Xfinity car, and I'm back on the Xfinity car now. Our whole team is uh, for this 14-week stretch, so we'll start going on Saturdays. And last year, it was super tight. It's 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 pretty challenging. And the one thing that's tough there is how narrow the box is. Uh, we'll obviously we'll get into this next week, but They're super long. When but when you when you put pit there anyway, it's kind of easier because you can judge the wall. I mean, I'm sure that you you could speak more on this but mm -hmm. where you're sitting you can judge where the wall is well when you're sitting on the other side coming in we got too close to the wall every time and you can't jack the car up yeah how how much different is it coming down backwards looking for your pit sign like at a Watkins Glen um it's I mean it's literally just the same just opposite is it is it a little sketchier trying not to clip people yeah because the right side's out there a little bit further but you're I think you Everybody's going a little bit slower there. Uh, like, like, the pit, like if, uh, Road America was the first time we were backward pit stops all year. And it was like everybody wasn't maximizing their lights. It's like almost like everybody was kind of like 
conservative just to try to get in the box. So, yeah. but once you get, if it's like a money stop and you're really pushing your lights and trying to, to, you know, get pointed out the way you want to, it gets, it gets a little bit tricky. This is a weekend where, you know, it's, it pit stops will be, you're, you're probably not going to win the race on pit road, but you can damn sure lose it there. You can damn, damn sure lose it. Usually fuel mods comes into play here too. So I'm also interested to, you know, some guys stretching it long, some guys trying to, to split it up in different, um, you know, lengths. I'm, I'm interested to see well, I haven't went back and looked at any old races yet, but how's this place for you? We're okay. We had, I think I went been here twice, maybe once or twice. Cause my first lap on the racetrack, my first lap actually in a, on a road course, in a car ever was it in practice with the BK car, the Dr. Pepper car. And I went like, you know, one 50% speed warm up lap and then went down the hill into one, grabbed third into the S's and the last little right hand kink at the top of the S and went to go grab fourth. And that thing just spun right out and it ended up ripping the splitter off and didn't even make a full lap. Mm -hmm. So that sucked. Um, but, it's a it's a fun track. It's like an intermediate type. It races fast. You got to have a lot of good. Got to have a good aero platform and you know motor and gear ratios is certainly important there because if you're a couple hundred RPM off of shift points, it definitely can mess, make you a long this day. Is, this is a place for some reason. Like obviously you circle like Darlington, Indy, Bristol, you know night race. But Watkins Glen's like always a place that I want to win. I, I don't know. It's like it, it's almost like. And, and I think everybody's the same way. I think it was different when there was two road courses. You kind of had something to prove at both. Mm -hmm. And now that there's more, it, it might dilute that a little bit. But, like, Watkins Glen's a place where everybody wants to go and win. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun track and super nice. I don't think Watkins Glen gets the, the uh, credit that it deserves, which is, like, the, the uh, you know, the facility being super nice. The fans come out in droves. They're all camping. I mean, it's one of the most rowdy infields that we go to each and every year. Chuck, what do you think? I mean, I've heard it referred to as the Talladega of the North. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a high bar to set. Now, it is, but... They good, do get rowdy up there, I will say. Good friend of mine and uh, a fellow NASCAR employee, Jason Balmer, who is a native of Elmira, New York, um, mm -hmm. right around the corner from there, said, you know, they used to go there in the 80s and early 90s, and it was just a absolute shit show. Well, everybody is still, you know, halfway hung over from Woodstock over there, says so <laughs> wandered their way over to Watkins Glen. Yeah. But, like, in, in the most positive way, like, the, the good kind of shit show, if you will. Yeah, yeah, the best way. The best kind. Have you been to the state park that's got by the track? No. Have you ever been there? I mean, with the, get over the, there. the waterfalls and all that? They say it's oh, beautiful. Yeah. I've driven by it. I haven't been in. Um, we always stay over in Ithaca, um, which is, I, I'm a fan of Ithaca. Like, that area of New York reminds me a lot of Western North Carolina. I yeah. always feel at home there. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful region. You got the Seneca Lodge. You got, yeah. like, all the cool history of racing there which we'll get into a little bit because something's back this week oh yeah i heard Corey yeah. stories is back yeah excited yeah. to get i mean daryl has another point of contention with daryl he says oh Corey stories were good just didn't do them anymore well here we go you stay tuned for Corey stories later yeah you can't just do that all the time you gotta right leave, leave people wanting it's kind of like bit. i tell kelly all the time she's like you don't ever give me flowers anymore well if i got you flowers all the time babe they wouldn't pack the punch as if you get them once every three months. Granted, I don't get her flowers every once every <laughs> six months, but it's you I'm know not, I've never understood principle. flowers. I've never understood flowers to begin with. It's like here's my uh, a sign of my love and affection. It's dead in four days. Yeah, like it it is a cut flower that now I'm know, sure all the females die. listening to the show are like, no, it's the thought. Well, 
that's just the guy's point of view. Yep. You know. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That that definitely is going to get me in trouble. I'm not going anywhere there. <laughs> Don't even that'll, touch that. That'll be a woe, but not on pit road. <laughs> that's yes. going to be a woe for me yeah. when my wife listens <laughs> to the episode. But stand by. We'll hey, we'll take some picks this week. Some fantasy picks coming up. Watkins Glen, and of Corey stories. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Big news. Actually, it wasn't that big. It was just the only thing that happened this week, Chuck. NASCAR made a rule change allowing colored window nets, guys. Big stuff here. Not like the old school, like back in the day where you'd have the window nets that would match the roll bar. Like, I don't think it's going back that far. The line says driver's window nets must be black unless otherwise authorized by NASCAR. So is that a team can petition and say, hey, I'd like to run this orange net or hey, there's this special event that, you know, we could run. Well, like the playoffs, you could run green nets, nets or, yeah, to or, signify these are the chase drivers or playoff drivers. I think we could probably do some stuff with lights there if we really want to get yeah. creative. Um, but I know we're running some pink window nets for the Roval for Kurt Busch's foundation. So obviously the, a, a rule has had to, be, had to be adjusted to accommodate that. I don't know if this is like a, hey, you get to run a blue one. You can run an orange one. You can run a red one. Yeah. What do you think about colored window nets? Because I, I could funny, care less. Well, it's funny you say that because like this, I never even thought about it. And I was looking at, I've got a buddy, Johnny Weber, his kids racing at Wall Stadium. And they have like the best looking factory stock there, right? And I'm like, why does this thing look so cool? And on the track, I realized it had an orange window net that really made it pop. And I was like, that looks that looks pretty cool. I'm like not a fan of that. Yeah. I'm like black window net. Black wheels, everything. But I'm like, damn, that looks really good. So it's crazy that this comes up today. When I was in my buddy's office last week, like Wednesday or something, I think these rules came out Friday, and we were watching an old – he had on in his office an old Watkins Glen race from I think it was the 90s. I don't remember when exactly it was, but it was when colored window nets were allowed. Mm-hmm. And we were like, man, like those cars look cool. Like it just there's just something – it's different. Yeah. yeah, it's like just different enough that it's not all makes you just, notice. Yeah, yep. So if it works with the paint scheme, if like there's something cool with that, if you're doing a throwback paint scheme and you want to throw can get back, it right on. Like if you do the Davy Allison one and have that uh, Haviland car, but have the red window. Down. Ooh, that would look see? sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Open now up you some. can convince me. <laughs> now I did see something Adam Stern put up too today about. They, their NASCAR is getting close to announcing forward numbers on the doors. I have softened my stance because I was 
give it to me right in the middle or give me death, you know, put the numbers wherever you want to put them. I think it's paint. Just don't put them on the rear quarter panel. (laughs) On the door. Yeah. Forward, back, in the middle. Doesn't matter. Front, back, side to side. Yeah. Yeah. Not on the quarter window glass. Not in the rear quarter. Put it on the door because the brand is still the number. Right. We talked about this earlier in the show months ago, but it doesn't really matter to me now. So I'm interested to get your take on this too because in looking at the other rule changes in there, I Mm -hmm. love like NASCAR will change one word. Right. And that's the change. But that one word can be a lot. One of the changes that came out with the window nets was about windshield wipers at road courses. Mm. The change in the ad was external intermittent windshield wiper motors, motor controllers will not be permitted. External. So like you can have an internal one. To me, that's where my mind goes. And like if you're on a, if you're a crew chief. Well, all of them are internal right now. Right. Yeah. They're on the inside of the windshield. So why do they specify External. Because probably because of the issues at Coda. Coda, people started looking into uh, somebody probably asked the question, Hey, can we run this? Right. And it might be better in the wind tunnels and then everybody's gonna have it. Yeah, true. So they I might mean, have just gotten in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the times when you see the I mean, thirty out of the forty cup cars running wind windshield wipers when it's not raining is because it adds side force. Right. Especially when you go to a place like Watkins Glen, some place with some speed. Uh, that's certainly an added benefit. So, yeah, you'll uh, you'll. I mean, any any single area that those teams can find one, two, three counts side force down force are going to take it. Were you Stack were you bench. hard on a number deal? Were you? Did you have a? I was fairly. He was, I was fairly. Yeah. yeah. He was opposed to moving. Yeah. And repositioning the. Numbers. I was. Yeah. I'm open I to remember. it. I think it's paint scheme dependent. You can make anything look good, and you can make anything look shitty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, the numbers. Uh, have you met Chuck Bush? <laughs> <laughs> you do it each and every week yeah, when you exactly. edit this podcast. Yeah. Hey, put me in a suit. I look good. <laughs> put me in cutoffs and a tank top. <laughs> I could beg to differ. <laughs> it's a certain <laughs> threshold. Certain so does niche. that does inseam that, yeah. length yeah. really <laughs> makes a difference for Chuck? Does that, that four inch <laughs> inseam of cutoffs? Maybe a little much. Yeah. God. Jesus. Does, does that take effect? Like that can you can move your number forward this week or is that no, I think that for next year? This was they're going they're getting close to announcing something. Okay. So Chuck's probably gonna cut this out anyways because it's not up yet. Simple enough. You know, know. You're talking about silly season stuff, man. Like there yeah. you know, there's always rumors uh, yeah. that go that run around on NASCAR Twitter. That- next gen, we got colored window nets, move numbers, diffusers. What I know for I saw a chassis in person for the first time over at the shop today. Yeah. Things a tank. A tank. From what I understand, the center section of the next-gen chassis weighs as much as the complete chassis of what we have now. They're making that thing stiff and, and um, you know, pretty safe for intrusion. But when you look at those cars, they're not going to have as much ballast, right? So you're not going to be able to adjust as much. Some of the concern for the drivers have been if the car doesn't crush as much, it's going to relay more energy back to the driver. So... Uh, from what I understand, NASCAR did the crash test, sent all the information out to uh, those third-party people to study it and look at it, and they deemed it A-OK. We haven't seen the numbers yet, but NASCAR is pretty far down the road to change anything now. I mean, every team has one car to start building for testing, I think, and I don't know, maybe Daytona is the first one, and then we go to it's a Roval Oval test at Charlotte, which I think will be the first one we go to as a team at Spire, and 
Sure enough, guys, we'll be at Daytona 500 with next gen cars. It's already August. Mm-hmm. Like it's get like we're we're what four race four four races away from the start of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then I mean it's gonna be the season's gonna be over before you know it, and we're gonna be in it like always. Is. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. to me. There's and then we're going to be in the next generation, like back to the future. Like Star Trek. Yeah. But dude, before it was, before there was uh, COT cars, and I mean, these guys, they're, they're, the the build, they, they will make it happen. Like the builds on the cars. Oh, yeah. When you had to put bodies on them. And, what is the excitement level in the shops right now getting these new parts in to work on these cars? Like, is a, there an excitement level? It's a great question. I think every single part on that car is different than what we have now. Every single one. Um, so for me, looking at a, you know, a transaxle, like, oh, I didn't pick it up because it looks heavy. Uh, I was sitting looking at it on the ground like, holy cow, I've never seen anything that looks quite like that before. So just studying it, looking at the shifter linkage and how the axle and the drivetrain all bolts up, like, it's interesting to me. I'm lost as last year's Easter eggs. Good thing there's guys smarter than me working on my own cars. So, you know, I just hope that what the plan NASCAR set out to where, you know, you're not going to get beat with parts. You're just going to be, get beat with how you fit and finish and assemble the cars. So that's if, – if ideally what happens happens, it should tighten the field up and allow Aspire to compete with the Penske. Not every week, but more often than we can now. Does the how, – how important does the – you know, with a spec car, then you feel like motor will be the, the – the limiting factor right well the only two things that make a car go faster in a circle essentially is downforce and a motor i mean it's just the, it's the, the equation and then some also somebody to stand on the loud pedal and make it go but you know a car is going to go faster the more downforce it makes we saw case in point Stuart haas all year this year they nascar made some wheel templates that wheel band templates that uh knocked out a bunch of side force and downforce riding childers pretty much put it all out there they lost a couple hundred pounds, and we've seen Stuart Haas get in victory lane one time this year when Kevin Harvick won nine times last year. So that's just what you, what happens when you take 80 pounds of downforce off a car. You go from being dominant to being a 10th place, 12th place car at best. Who do you think wins the regular season championship here? Larson. Really? I think Larson. It's 10 points back right now? Yeah. I mean, I think he's just so strong, man. And, and it's, it's confidence, too. You know, like you can talk about how strong Hendrick is, but Kyle Larson has as much confidence as anybody probably in history of driving a race car with what he feels like his, he's capable of. So, um, you know, two road courses. Obviously, Denny's strong at road courses, too, but um, Kyle's, Kyle's won, won in Michigan. He's one of the best there. But Denny's probably the best super speedway racer you could argue that's true that's a little bit of a crap shoot though so i think it'd be a good that that's gonna be a good kyle yep. is 13 points back yep 13 now he was five so denny's padded at the last two weeks right but again denny doesn't have a win so if if there's four cars that win these next four races it knocks him out no so bob pockers listened to the podcast last week and texted me he <laughs> said hey just so you know the regular season champion what is in regardless if there's more winners than spots. Because they won the regular season champ. Correct. So, so the, there could be is, 16 winners plus the regular season champ ha, ha, if, if it happens. So that would be 17 or we just knock the 16th winner out? Seven, ooh, good question. See, yeah. this is why I would, I like I would assume Bob. 16. Bob pays attention to the details. 
Yes. Bob's good. And Bob is really There's good at what he does, and I'm glad that he listens to the show and he's fact checking. You, you also know that Bob is playing yeah. in my kickball tournament, too, by yes. the way. Ooh. I'm excited for him to play. I he will. was my first pick, actually, for yeah. my team. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait. Bob, bring your A game. Stretch out the hammies, big guy. We're going in. We just now, became Instagram friends. I feel like we're real friends now. Well, here's the question. Does he listen to the show at like regular speed or is he listening to it at like two times? No, he, I think 1.5 is okay. what he listens One, okay. to. Yeah. yeah. You got, there's a lot of podcasts out there. You got to get them in. So you got to <laughs> speed up the. Yeah. He, guys can't. I mean, I can't stand to listen to other should, people talk about it. <laughs> you should hear how fast I listen to the show when I'm editing it. It's like. <laughs> it's, I listen to it as fast as I can that it's still legible. Like I can still understand what we're saying. Because mm. when you edit it and you've listened to it the yeah. whole time, it's like. I, yeah, I heard it. I again. hate these I two. <laughs> yeah, wish they just shut I hate up. Myself. Yeah, my nails will be. My yeah. voice will be nails on Chuck's yeah. chalkboard. Well, speaking of nails on the chalkboard, I don't know how that's a good transition. <laughs> that's a terrible transition. It's a terrible one. But best finishes, jackpot races. You know that thing where you can win free money from NASCAR. How much again? Free. Free money. <laughs> how much free? How much twenty five thousand dollar jackpot? Yeah. Yeah. Golly. So, yeah, you can play that now for free if you don't work for NASCAR or one of its like affiliated entities or something. I'm sure there's some legal jargon in there that I don't quite know. But you got your groups, you got your picks in there. So, group one, who are you taking as your best finish out of this group? Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex, or Kyle Busch? You have two in that group that have won, are multiple-time winners at Watkins Glen. Yep. Both named Kyle. Yep. No, sorry, Kyle and Chase. Kyle Larson has not won there, I don't think. No. I, I, I made things up there. Yeah, you did. I did. I checked myself. I just I don't know how you can bet against Chase right now. He's so good on road courses. He's at another level, I think. Yeah, if I'm not taking the 9, I'm taking the 18. That's – if I'm not – I mean, law averages say something's going to happen to the 9 on a road course eventually. Uh, but Or doesn't. Board doesn't he wins every single one? Odds Kyle is Kyle Bush is plus eight hundred. Uh, Chase Elliott is plus one seventy five. Wow! So so Kyle's Kyle's for better money there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd put a hundo on the eighteen if I could. I can't you bet can't. Chuck. That's it. Yeah. You know, I just help the listeners. That's what we do. It's picks. It's picks. It's picks. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go Chase though on that. Like I mean, just for the winner and the best finish out of that. Now, but if you wanted to gamble. Kyle. KB at plus yeah. 800. Oh, yeah. No, that is not a bad bad move at all. Um, group two. Okay. Group two. Sure. William Byron, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, and Kevin Harvick. William Byron was tough at Road, Road America. America, but, like, this is – Penske cars are good here. They are super know, fast. And Joey, Joey's won here before, so going with Homer. <laughs> Homer, because he's – he is a tenant in one of Joey's buildings, so he's got to answer that yeah. correctly. Um, I'll, I'll go. With the, I'll go with twenty-two as well. You're gonna go with the twenty-two? Yeah. I am gonna go out on a limb, okay, and say that is it, it's a Hendrick car that wins, but it's not Chase, and it's not William Byron. You think Alex, it's forty-eight? Forty-eight. Yeah, it's I think it's Bowman. Hey, big weekend! Big weekend of sprint car driver weekends. now. Sprint yeah, car racing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I just think, you know, Watkins Glen's a place where, like, unexpected things can happen. He doesn't strike me as a strong road courser. But you, you never know. know. You never know. He's, not, he's in a Hendrick car, though. Yeah. That helps, for sure. You know, but, um, and I would say that 
Watkins Glen is probably the least technical road course that we go to because it's fast and flowy, um, and you're really dependent on the platform of your car and how it handles and uh, how it gets through the S's. So, you know, to Chuck's point, somebody who might not have the speed as a Chase Elliott could, you know, get some track position and hold on and, and maybe steal one. Now, I'm probably like that's going to be or, I'm taking Merriman's role let me in, ask like, an ice-cold take. That could be an ice-cold take. Let me ask you something for another ice-cold take. If there is a driver that's not locked into the playoffs to win Watkins Glen, who would that guy be? Oh, man. we got Reddick. You've got Roswick Chastain, who run about Ooh, fifth Ross. or sixth at Road America, was strong. Hello. Chase Briscoe was strong at Road America. He's a good road course uh, racer. Also won the Indy GP last year, so don't count him out here next week. It is I not. Gotta, yeah, I got to look at this. It is not far-fetched, Chuck, to think that we could get three new winners that aren't locked in the playoffs well, I mean, over the next three weeks. And this goes back to, like, Watkins Glen, unexpected things can happen there. I mean, it's not really unexpected, but that's a place where, you know, Juan Pablo Montoya gets a win there, Marcus Ambrose, A.J. Allmendinger, guys that, you know, are road course guys can shine there. I don't know. Who knows? A lot of, lot of like, Tyler Reddick. That could be someone that, I mean. Was on the pole for Coda. That's he one gets of the, after it. Oof. That's a tough one. That's a that's a tough one. That is a toughie. That's give why. me one. Just off the hip. Tyler Reddick. Okay. Tyler Reddick. Like I think I think that eight car could do something. What do you think? That's also in this next group. I think uh the Corey LaJoy. I like that. Yeah. It's gonna rain and it's gonna spark's gonna pull some strategy and then you're gonna win. I like that. And then That'd I'm be gonna, sweet. I was gonna say the group three in the best finish in the jackpots is is has got some of those names in there. You've got Kurt Busch, Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell. So two guys that are one that are in, but then three. I thought you were gonna say my name. No, you're you're not in. I'm that in group, group of twelve. I'm gonna see, I'll see what group you're in. But uh, out of that group, who do you guys who do you guys like? Chris Bell. I mean he he's uh he's been a strong. He won the Daytona Road Course. He was second Road America. Develop into a pretty strong road courser over there for JGR is Chris Bell. I like Kurt Busch. I like Kurt Busch at road courses. Oh, Curtis? And he's got a, he's a little dangerous right now. Hey. He's feeling dangerous. You guys were, were hating on that pick earlier in the season, and now that he's got that win. God, that was a, that was a red-hot pick, Chuck. <laughs> red-hot pick. Is that it? Is that all the – No, the well, there's group four and five. Um, I just hate to bring up the fact that, uh, you know, I, I'm in there with the pace car driver, the hot dog salesman. The well, where's the – how's the two five. car not in the top three? That's what I'm wondering. Where the hell are we at? Um, we chop liver? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I mean, group the one, best Watkins two. Glen finish of all time contained the driver, the number two, yeah. Miller Lite. But he did not win. Yes, he did. Yep, he no, won that Ambrose one. Ambrose he never won. won. He's never won that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought – Dude, Marcus thought, Ambrose won oh, there twice, that's right? right? That, you're, you're right. Two, Sorry. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> That was the best. That might be the yeah. the best. NASCAR well, that's what we need. We need we need for sure. We need a lap car to just oil the track down as soon as they take the white and let them just slide all over the place. Keep the track dry if, the whole time. If you oil have it a down bad day, time. if you're having a bad day, do you clutch that thing at the top of the, at the start finish line <laughs> and oil her oil down whole, and just zigzag and oil the whole track <laughs> down? That would make for a hell of a finish. Probably uh, not. No, I might. I might. Uh, you know, wink at somebody. You know, Quinn Huff, maybe maybe BJ McLeod might do that oiler down for us. Put on I'm, a good show. I'm a little butthurt that the two cars not in the top three. They're not in the top four. 
Serious? Did yeah. they? Wait, they're not. not even, even, I don't know how they pick the drivers for the groups. Probably Merriman does. It's Merriman going to sign <laughs> dartboard. Yeah, well, I missed the two card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because group four is Busher, McDowell, Suarez, Briscoe, Benedetto, De Benedetto. Group five, Almirola, Custer, Jones, Stenhouse, and Bubba Wallace. And he hasn't he, left yet. Like, he hasn't he announced he's leaving, <laughs> no, no. but he's not gone. They forgot about We're him. We're still racing, guys. <laughs> I don't know if we've talked to you since the big move. The guy who's driving that two cars leaving you in the dust. Are you going with him? What are you doing? <laughs> That's not, I got that question a lot this week in, Does he in take Jersey. Does he take his whole picture with him? No, that's not how that works. I do not work for... Does he not like you? I, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> sure, there's days. <laughs> but no, that I am signed to a contract with Team Penske for another two years. Okay. And that is not... That, that means that I could show up to work tomorrow and they put me on the... 12, the 22, the 21, the Xfinity car, or tell me to kick rocks. Yeah. So it's not, I think it's, you know, you, you kind of looked at that you're on the two car, you're, you stay on that, but so if they tell me I'm going to IndyCar racing, and I'll you're on the depth chart in, in Nashville with Yosef Newgardner. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so like, I got a lot of questions about what it looks like next year. And, and the, the, the quick answer is like, are you going to be with Austin next year? Are you going to be with Harrison? Like I've been with Austin his whole career since he was Arca racing, mm-hmm. you know, Xfinity racing. And as long as I got a job, change one lug nut, I don't, you know, whatever car they put me on, um, that's where I'll be. I have no say in it. So that was be the best. Now it's a little bit of surprise. It was the worst kept secret that Brad was going to Roush, right? That got out fairly early, but people didn't expect. I don't think that Austin was going to go into the two and certainly wasn't expected that Harrison was going to the 21 internally there. How was that? It was kind of, I think it was like everybody hears the rumors like we do. Austin comes in the gym and works out with us, and uh, we give him a pretty hard time. We've won the Xfinity Championship with him last year. We pit for him a lot, so we joke around quite a bit. But, uh, but man, when, when that news came out, that's what made sense to me. I mean, Austin's earned that ride. He's a, he's a Xfinity champion you know, good for six to ten race wins a year in that series. So then the, obviously the next move is to move up. Yeah. They don't, they truly and honestly, and I think it's a, I think it's like a, I think people think it's cliche or something, but they truly don't look at in our, in our shop that the two car or the 21 car is any different other than the paint scheme. They expect the same performance out of both. I'm in the meetings with the pickers when the 21 team, if they're not doing as good as us, gets held just as accountable as we do. It's not, that's not just another, that's not just a a satellite team. team. You know, it's, it's all held to the same standard. And, you know, I think people make the number, the number is obviously prestigious. That's, that's kind of, you know, rusty. You think of that, but it's a number and it's going to be a car that, that gets, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that, you know, a rookie can't have that spot. So yeah, he'll, he'll be just, you know, Austin's earned his right in that. And obviously they see something you Harrison think that a, they like. Do you think he makes playoffs? Austin? Yeah. I, I, yes. I, agree. I think he I makes think he the playoffs for I sure. mean, he's, if they got six road courses on the schedule, he's going to probably win one of them. I mean, he's, homeboy's come in and led races, led both cup races he's run this year with yeah. in, in with road courses, you know, and he's got a lot of, you know. Well, and the cars and next year will be even more similar to what it's he's used to drive. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I you still, don't think he's going to make the playoffs? I'm not saying playoffs. He, I'm not saying he won't. Playoffs? I'm just saying that, like, I think that is still a tall order. I, th- I think he's got the skill to do it. 
and I think the equipment is there, but then there's the other factors in he's running cup, a full season of cup for the first time. Like does he step up or is there that learning curve that year? Yeah. When you're like, with a team like P- Team Penske, the fact, learning curve is a yeah. lot less steep. I he, understand. I'm just. I like, think he. I think he wins a race next year. But I don't think we should hold him to too high of a standard. That like, oh, he didn't do this, so he's not. You know, he's not performing where he needs to be. Like, give is him he, a year. Is he racing this weekend or Indy with the Cup car? I mm, I should no. know this, but I'm confused if he's racing Watkins Glen or Indy. But that's that's someone gun can win either of them. Yeah, if mm-hmm. it works out right. Like he's not he's no slouch, and he is no I slouch. can tell you from sitting in there, I'm not I'm not kissing ass because he's the boss's kid. That kid works as hard as anybody's ever seen in the sport. He works hard, and he uh, he holds people accountable. He does a good job. I'd like to see him win because he's a fellow Volvo driver. You know, I drive a Volvo. <laughs> that thing, he, he ain't driving that Volvo, Volvo anytime. Has to that thing is a Volvo owner. I tell him that, that Volvo is a is just holding that car lift down for a long time. <laughs> I did find you in the app finally. So in round fourteen, no, it's round six. You pick the race winner. You're eligible because it's like anybody in the in the field can get picked in. Okay. So if you want to put some money down and stand a chance to you know make some, money. I mean, what are the odds there? One in forty thousand. Top, top dude. You, no, you you nailed it. it it's forty thousand. It's odds <laughs> to win. <laughs> like you hit that on the head. Odds to win the race plus forty thousand. Yeah. So, so a twenty dollar bill will pay you eight grand, guys. If you go out there and get that win, man. If I go out there and get that win, you got to give me a little cut of that. Hey. You know, under two hundred dollars because that's the most amount you can bet in racing, and I still have a license. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. So I'll take a hundred ninety nine dollar cut. <laughs> how how hard do you whistle that thing off into the bus stop this weekend? The first first lap, you got to ease into add it, about or what do you do? Seventy five feet to my brake marker. I go off past notes. You know, you go off. Uh, you go on i racing a little bit, but um, when you go whistling up the hill there in Top Gear, I don't know, probably one hundred and eighty five. You definitely want to back her up about fifty feet to make sure she stops good. That ain't Cause that, that's got to be one of the hardest corners in racing. No, not really. Getting in there deep. What if you're racing side by side? You can't. Well, you can barely go through there side by side. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure you like you zipper it and get in single lane because then you'll give up a ton of time at the back of it. But yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's fun because just the, the hitting that that how you hit the first curb in the bus stop is sets you up obviously for the next three. But the the angle that you're pointed when you hit the second one is the most crucial part of it. So you, you gotta be, you almost gotta be really hugging that guardrail and that first curb to the right to get pointed back to the left, to get a kind of a straight shot. And you just split the rest of the curbs into the carousel. So that was definitely a fun one. Watkins gun's really fun. I I hate, I'm not going up there this year. I love that place. We'll I love watch. Show. I love watching the racing up there. I love the, the fans that are there. It's just a fun, fun time. But you know, you can watch it. I know. NASCAR and NBC this weekend, Chuck. You can. You can do that. You can check all the action out. NASCAR app. You know, my fun meter's pegged today. <laughs> Still got one thing left. Oh, yes. I just got some more energy, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned for some Corey stories. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. On this Corey Stories, we're going to dig into Watkins Glen's past. A lot of this information was pulled from Watkins Glen's website, so go check it out. Maybe even buy some tickets. Come hang out with us this weekend. Road racing came to the Finger Lake region of upstate New York in 1948 by way of Cameron Argetsinger, a student at Cornell whose dad owned a summer house on Seneca Lake. Argetsinger had an idea to host an amateur road race called the Watkins Glen Grand Prix and received an enthusiastic response when he presented the idea to the Watkins Glen Chamber of Commerce. So he set out mapping a 6.6-mile course of mostly paved roads with a short dirt and gravel section. On October 2nd, 1948, 15 cars started the 8-lap 52.8-mile Grand Prix. Frank Griswold won the event in an Alfa Romeo 8C2900 Coupe. Briggs Cunningham finished second in his famous Bumerk. Other prominent entrants included William Bill Milliken, who rolled his Bugatti 35 in qualifying, giving Milliken's corner its name, and Charles Adams, the cartoonist who created the Adams family. The Watkins Glen Grand Prix passed through the heart of the village, and after five years of this, the race was moved to a new location on a hilltop outside of town. Several accidents on the original course layout forced the change, including a 1952 crash that claimed the life of a spectator, seven-year-old Frank Fazari, and left several others injured. The second layout was a 4.6-mile track that also used existing roads. The Watkins Glen Grand Prix Corporation was set up by the Chamber of Commerce to manage the race with spectator control, parking, and concessions all seeing drastic improvements at the new site. Trouble surfaced in 1955, however, as it became clear that it would not be possible to continue using closed public roads that doubled as farm roads, and the drivers expressed concerns about poor runoff and visibility. I guess the Chamber of Commerce decided, hey, maybe it's time we set up a permanent course for this whole racing deal. With that, the 9th Watkins Glen Grand Prix in 1956 will be held in an all-new layout, ending the second course's run after only three years. The permanent course will be located on 550 acres, built on part of the previous street layout, except this time, no roads were shared, and entirely new roadways were built for the circuit. Bill Milliken was consulted during the design process, and a couple of engineering professors from Cornell University were also enlisted to develop the 2.3-mile track. Fun fact. The course was completed the night before the first practice. The NASCAR Grand National Division came to town in 1957, followed by the International Formula Libre in 1958. In 1961, Cameron Argetsinger got the call to help Watkins Glen get ready for the final round of the Formula One World Championship. While many of the necessary requirements were met by the existing facility, new pits were constructed to satisfy European standards of pit boxes with overhead cover, in addition to a number of other safety and infrastructure upgrades. The United States Grand Prix at Watkins Glen quickly became an autumn tradition as huge crowds flocked to upstate New York each year, partly to see the beautiful fall foliage. The colorful characters Formula One circuit also helped as well. The race was also popular among teams and drivers because its starting and prize money totals often exceeded those of other races combined. 
The race received the Grand Prix Drivers Association Award for Best Stage Grand Prix in 1965 in 70 and 72. Ahead of the 1971 United States Grand Prix at Watkins Glen, the track underwent a few changes. The course was extended from 2.35 miles to 3.377 miles with the addition of the four new corners in a section called the boot. The new layout departed from the old course near the south end into a curling downhill left hand through the woods. The track followed the edge of the hillside to two consecutive right hand turns over a blind crest to a left-hand corner and back onto the old track. In addition, the circuit was widened and resurfaced. Both the pits and the start-finish line were moved back before the northwest right-angle corner known as the 90. In 1975, a fast right-left chicane was added in the S's section to slow speeds through the series of corners. The Glen hosted a wide variety of events throughout the Grand Prix years, including Can-Am, Trans-Am, IROC, Endurance Sports Racing, Formula 5000, and CARP. The addition of these and similar events strengthened the circuit's reputation as a premier road racing facility in the United States. Although the races drew sizable crowds, the circuit struggled to survive, eventually declaring bankruptcy and closing in 1981. In 1983, Corning Enterprises, a subsidiary of nearby Corning Inc., partnered with International Speedway Corp. to purchase the track and rename it Watkins Glen International. The renovated track with the chicane at the bottom of the S is removed, reopened in 1984. In 1986, the top NASCAR series returned to Watkins Glen after a long layoff, holding one of only three road races on its schedule, using the 1971 course without the boot. International Speedway Corporation became the sole owner of the course in 1997 as Corning Enterprises believed they had completed their intended goals to rebuild the venue and increase tourism in the southern Finger Lakes region of New York State. NASCAR's race in the upstate New York circuit a grand total of 37 times. As of the recording of this podcast with 23 different drivers claiming victory. Tony Stewart leads the way with five wins. Jeff Gordon has four. Mark Martin, three. And a couple of active drivers have two wins at the track, but nobody really cares about that. I also think Tony Stewart holds the record for maybe uh, being the only guy in victory lane to shit his pants. So an amazing run for Tony Stewart here today, who, as Benny and Wally and Alan talk about, wanted to get out of the car because he wasn't feeling well, but he made it to the end. And now he does get out of the car as the winner at Watkins Glen. And Tony is going to walk directly to his motor coach. We're going to try and catch up to him here. And walk with not feeling well at all. And they've got a cart for him here. You gonna be okay? Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, congratulations. <laughs> he, had, he had said on the radio that uh, when he got the victory lane, he was going to his motor coach for a good 10 minutes. Uh, obviously not feeling well at all. So we'll let him regroup and then talk to him when he comes back, I guess. If you're in downtown Watkins Glen, you can drive on that old F1 track. Go check it out. Come check us out this weekend here at Watkins Glen International. Be stacking pennies. Thanks for tuning in.